Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Box Set Pod. Howell and Jamie here. Nice to have you with us. Today, it's the day we've all been waiting for for so long. It's the day that I get to officially talk about Chuck without being told off about it. So, uh, here, so, the last couple of episodes, uh, you may know, we have been trying out this, uh, it's almost like a courtroom. We get one person who hasn't seen something uh, and has been put off by it in the past to watch one episode of something, and then that person has to come on and uh, tell us what they thought based on the first episode. The rest of us have to try and persuade you to carry on. Now, it's slightly different this week because we're going to have two people who've only gone as far as the first episode, unless, of course, Jay. Jamie has watched some this week. No. Where have you gone? Sorry, I was just plugging my phone in. I was running out of battery. I listen back to this podcast. It sounds like you like just go for walks to the shop <laughs> halfway through. How's life? Um, so we'll get on to that in a moment. We're going to be joined by Mel, who has taken over the world of Chuck in her own way. I know she's been on this podcast before. You're going to hear a slightly different type of interaction with her this week uh, based on that courtroom thing I was just talking about. But Jamie, uh, Jamie's got an actual job in his life. How has this affected your ability? Ability to Ooh. watch TV. Excellent question, Howell. Let Thanks. me take that for you. Uh, yeah, it's been hell because I've been in a yeah. hotel in, in London all week and uh, I have not watched anything. In fact, uh, literally, I only got back from London today and I've just watched the finale of Downton Abbey. Oh. And, uh, oh, tears, tears fell down what? my face. No, they didn't. No, they didn't, but my wife cried, uh, and it was very emotional, really. Wow. I mean, it was a, it's a good ending. They are still doing a Christmas uh, special, but it was really very yeah. moving, very yeah. moving. Wow. Well, how exciting. That's all I've watched, though. Yeah? But yeah, it, uh, it's really interrupted my uh, my shiz. Yeah. Can you hear that tinging noise? Can no. You hear that? No, that's all right, then. There's a thing in my ears, but uh, it's not interrupted. Um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I have finished... 24 yes oh my word nine series although that that's technically eight and a half because the last series is only 12 episodes nine <laughs> series of 24 since september the first which if i uh just get my calculator out right wow. now that is um, impressive actually. amounts to what 24 times eight plus 12 204 hours of Kiefer sutherland in two and a half months 204 hours and oh I'm on season God. and I'm on season three of The Good Wife um, oh. and I've even started um, Arrested Development finally because I'm late to that wow. part oh, yeah. how are you going to bloody love it's a, oh, it's, it gets better and better until the last series which went a bit off the boil but did wow it? Did yeah. it. Um, so 24 to wrap up what an experience I take back anything I ever said about it it's brilliant I, I absolutely love it I can't oh. believe Jack Bauer uh, I can't believe the way they ended it 
did you see the last series, Jamie? The one they did last year with the no. Oh my god! But so, did you watch every other series? No, I mean, I, I only watched like the first series. Oh really. man, you gotta get going on it. Ah, oh, you gotta get going. It's amazing. Oh. It, it's, it gets better with age, and um, yeah. it stays about as ridiculous. But it does get better with age, and. You, you you've got to admire Kiefer Sutherland. He's he really is a phenomenal person. But in the final series, the one that they did last year, which is twenty four, uh, what's it called? Oh God, well, I don't even know. It was like Live Another Day, I think it was called Twenty Four Live oh. Another Day. Although it should have been called Twenty Four Live Another Half Day because it was only twelve hours. Um, yeah, he teams up with Yvonne Strahovski from oh, Chuck. Oh, lady. She she's like the main part with him, and the sensible thing to do now would be a spin-off with her. Apparently, they're not going to do that. Apparently, she oh. might cameo, but it sounds like it's because she's busy with Astronauts Wives Club rather than that she doesn't want to do it. But she's brilliant. Like, I honestly, I, we'll come back onto her later. I, I'm sure, but I, I need to make a note. Come, come on to Yvonne. On Yvonne. Yeah, written that down. Yeah, um, excellent. Does Bauer get her in a choke, gold? Absolutely not. No, about? they like they're working together. It's it's brilliant, and it's a shame that he won't do any more because um, they really do make a great team. It's brilliant. Good wife observations. Wow. First, I'd like to apologise to anybody called Narinda because yeah, yeah, we, Kalinda. It's Kalinda. It's Kalinda. We all talked about Narinda on last week's podcast, <laughs> I think, and yeah. um, it, it's not. It's Kalinda. So there we, we were go. close. We were one bloody letter in it. I mean, who'd have, who'd have thunked it? You ask me. Yeah. You ask me to name any character in The Good Wife apart from Alicia, the main part. I wouldn't be able to tell you their names. Well, Will, Alicia, and Will. Other than hello? that, hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, you cut out a bit then. Well, I do. No, I believe we're all fine. It's just you that's the problem, wandering around your shop. Oh. So, well, good wife. It's not got any style at all. The good wife. You know when like they pick a costume or when they have to make a little fake promotional video. Yeah, you're or right about that. It's yeah. so bad. It's like yeah. my dad has made it. Um, some of that's, those things. Yeah, that's what makes it a bit cringy at times. But it is still very good, though, isn't it? Number two. What the frick is Chris North still being called special guest appearance by on every that's a good credits? Point, that. He's, That's a very good point. He's a main character. It's a ridiculous mm, thing yeah, yeah. that yeah. must have been... I had wondered that. Yeah, stupid. Uh, now, Michael J. Fox makes an appearance in it. This has made me very He's brilliant. Happy. He's so oh, he's good. Such, yeah. He's, I, get, he's, he's He comes in it quite a lot because he's a good character and they come back to him and more and more. I'm going to write that. Yeah. Come on to Michael J. Fox. I'm going to bring that up with everybody else when they join yeah. us in a moment. Um, but Let basically, I'm on season of... three, oh, and okay. it's getting really good. So, yeah. N- yeah, news. Do it. Let's do a bit of news. Let's do a bit of news. We've got the emails, and we've got the uh, top ten to do. So, quick bits of news. First of all, boo. What's that, Howell? That is the 70s lounge version of um, the star... Trek? Well done, Howell. Five points to the Evanses. So, yes, CBS is bringing back Star Trek, heading to TV 2017, back to the small screen since it was cancelled in 2005, Star Trek Enterprise, which had Scott Bakula, a.k.a. Sam Beckett from uh, Quantum Leap. Engaged. Uh, 
Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So, That's so he's, that was cancelled. It's coming back. The big thing is about that is the new show is going to be trying to create a similar style to the original classic series from 1966. A lot of Trekkies are cock-a-hoo. Uh, so that's really good news. Excellent. As I mentioned, uh, Downton Abbey, was uh, the finale was on Sunday, but, of course, it is back for a Christmas special. Anyway, Sunday night, 38.9% share of the Sunday night audience to Downton Abbey. It was huge. Over 9 million people watched it. It might have dropped off a little bit over the years, Downton, but it, I think it ended extremely well. And one more massive piece of news. Are you ready, Howell? Yeah. It's back. Alan Partridge, the <gasps> TV show Mid Morning Matters, will be returning on Sky Atlantic next year on the 8th of February. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I, I would like to know an American's opinion on Alan Partridge, actually, um, because mm. just, just about whether the humour, you know, uh, translates and stuff, I don't know. So Yeah, I'd, yeah it'd be interesting. I will yeah. write that down. So come on to Alan Partridge. So I've got to come on um, to Yvonne Strahovski, Michael J. Fox, and Alan Partridge later. I'll try and do that. Yeah, um, you're very note heavy today, Howell. I it's, am. Uh, it's like you've trying, you're trying harder or something. It's mm, weird. I know. My battery's nearly gone. Well, I listened back to the All podcast right. with my sister in the car, and uh, I just thought I sounded very low energy. So what I'm trying to do is just. You know, I record this in a very small room that's a bit echoey. Yeah. And I get a bit embarrassed thinking the neighbours can hear me talking to myself. Oh, I don't, don't care. Me. I don't oh. care. Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> last thing I want to mention to you, <laughs> there's a trailer. Uh, I'm going to put it on the website. I can't quite get hold of the, uh, the, the exact details yet, but the Better Call Saul Season 2 trailer is available and it's certainly in the US it has been. It should be over here soon. Looks very enticing. Great. Great. Yeah, better call Saul. Back next year. All right, let's uh, move on to the emails. Uh, e- emails or ch- or chart, but yeah, yeah. Jack emailed. Oh, no, yeah. no. Ricky emailed. Sorry. Yeah, Ricky. Um, have you guys been watching Leftovers? Is what Ricky said. Season two is on Sky Atlantic at the moment. I love it. Not too cheery, so perhaps not for Howell. I love this reputation I've got now, <laughs> thanks to you. I've not been able to handle anything that isn't. Cinderella, although that's got some dark bits in it. Um, no, I haven't seen it. Uh, Jamie, have you seen Leftovers? Yeah, I have. I've got some points I'd like to make, actually, for Rick. Stop yeah, um, wandering some... around. What are you... So, I, I need... I'm, I'm kind of wandering between my uh, my phone, which is plugged in somewhere. And, and Anyway, anyway, let me get to Leftovers. Yeah, I watched yeah. season one, and I am going to watch season two, but... Season one of Leftovers is incredibly miserable. Like, it's a very, very sad... The concept of the show is these people just randomly disappear. No one knows why, and it leaves society sort of bereft, unable to properly grieve. And this is the experience, and and it's very sad, and it's very morose. It does have some really good bits, but I do have to admit it was hard to enjoy. I am hearing that season two, like Rick said, season two... It's brilliant. I'm hearing really? that Leftovers is, is really good. So, yes, I will check that out, Rick. Let's see if Matt's watched it because he's joining us. We haven't got Mel yet, but um, Matt's there, I think. Hi, Matt. Yes, good, e- good evening, guys. Good How are you doing? evening, hey. Matthew. Good evening, London. We're going to be heading to uh, Texas, I think, shortly. I can't remember where Mel's from. I think it's Texas. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. London, Manchester, and Texas. There's a live so podcast. Matt, have you seen Leftovers? Sorry, did you answer that just then? 
No, no, I don't know what it is. I don't really either. Jamie, can you give me a, a one sentence about what it is? Or have you just done that? Very simply, very simply, it's on HBO. A guy, well, no, it's set in a world where people have disappeared and no one knows why. Ooh. And it's miserable. But it's interesting Ooh. as well. Oh, my God. Well, like, lots of people have disappeared. Yeah, millions of people. There's like five million. No one knows why. No one knows if they're the good people and they've gone to heaven oh. or they're the bad people and they've gone to hell or they've just been abducted by some weird-looking alien shit. They don't know, and it's really fucking with their heads. <laughs> uh, so it's worth a watch for that reason. And, or it could but be it is an miserable. elaborate ploy of some kind, like a really long game of hide-and-seek. <laughs> 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 Great magic trick. Um, uh, Jack, I mean, um, I keep forgetting his name. Ricky on the email says, the opening sequence to the second series was bizarre but brilliant. I think it's amazing. You need to watch it. Um, also, I'm really enjoying The Affair at the moment. Now, I know Matt hasn't watched The Affair. That was one of his choices no. for this week. Um I love the way, because we, we mentioned this, didn't we, about the sort of morality of it and whether you can hang on to it. Well, Ricky loves it for that reason. I love the way it shows events from different people's perspectives, and it does get you questioning what the moral or message of the story is when the the main characters have caused so much hurt for their friends and family. Um, are they the ones you're supposed to be cheering for, or maybe it's not? It's a really good point. It's really good because you're looking at it from different perspectives. Mm. You see it... It, when, you, when you see it from one person's perspective, it looks like someone is in the wrong and doing something terrible and being a knob. Yeah. But then when you see it from their perspective, you're like, hold on a minute, they were going through this and this was in their head and they were perceiving things in this way. So I do agree with that comment. Yeah, I, I'd side against the protagonist mostly, but then not so much mm. her. Like she had something terrible happen to her. He's just a bit of a dick. Um, also, I don't think you guys have either mentioned either The Office or Curb Your Enthusiasm. We've certainly mentioned Curb at some point, I think. But um, surely The Office. What do you What do you think? Comedy genius or not your cup of tea? I think both are fantastic, and I can't wait for the mm -hmm. final series of Peep Show. Thoughts on uh, which one are we talking about with The Office? Um, well, I think yeah, I yeah. think we'd be talking about both. I would imagine. Uh, I, I I take from I mean, your question that you you're not a Gervais cheerleader. Oh, the opposite. Uh, I think the, the the British Office is is a uh, probably one of, if not my favourite, comedy series ever. I think it's I, I think it's incredibly special, um, and bold I really dislike statement. the American Office. Oh, bold statement from London that I know is going to go down badly in Manchester. Let's go there now to Jamie Atherton. Hello there. <laughs> yes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I actually, you know, I can't disagree that the UK version is brilliant. Like, it's undeniable. But I think the American one is even, in my opinion, it's even better. Not mainly for, like, it's not even the, the character of the Ricky Gervais character, the David Brenker. It's like the other supporting players are even better. Like Dwight, who is the main, like, knob in the office is brilliant he's an amazing yeah. character Dwight Schrute is just oh well I suppose he's my least favourite thing about the American office oh, oh Matt uh, this is I'm sorry this is Matt who does a football <laughs> podcast let's bear that in mind um, let's go back to Matt now <laughs> as we ask him how much of the American office have you watched Matthew uh, I watched I watched at least the first three episodes of the first series. Because basically... We didn't do the four. Well, you're not, you're no, not no, entitled wait, wait, wait. to an opinion. 
<laughs> go on, Wait, go on. Because I, I, I was hating it so much by that point that I couldn't carry on watching. And my friend <laughs> said, no, go to another series and try another episode. So I did that. I watched about four or five episodes of maybe the third or fourth series. I can't remember. I picked it up at a random point. And I really tried. I've tried hard to like this show, and I cannot. Well, it's not that I think it's terrible. I just think... I just don't think it's just noise, me, just noise coming from like... London, just subjective justification that is not allowed in this court because you haven't <laughs> watched four the first four episodes. I'm sorry, Matt. It's not that I don't believe what you're saying, or um, it's not even that I'm saying you're wrong. It's just that in this court you aren't entitled to an opinion if you haven't watched four. <laughs> uh, rules are rules, and the the good wife is teaching me one thing, and that is you, you know, it doesn't really matter about who's right or wrong it's who plays by the rules and you but haven't with the, uh, with the american office i might as well just go and watch the british office <laughs> and do it all in american accents and remove any subtlety <laughs> from it particularly with the first series it basically follows the same story doesn't it i um haven't yeah, watched right, the american actually. office i don't know but i would say I think... from what i've seen of both and i've watched all of the original office is that um I would question how subtle the original office actually is. I think at the time it was, uh, it was kind of a very new sort of style. Um, but I don't, I think Ricky Gervais signals absolutely everything, you know, so massively that there isn't that much room for subtlety. Whereas uh, with Steve Carell, when I've seen him playing it, I kind of like the fact that Steve Carell is, uh, what am I going to say? I believe that Ricky Gervais is playing himself. Steve Carell's playing a character, so I quite admire that. Every... Oh, I completely agree with you about Gervais, but I don't think he... I think, as you said about the American, I don't think he is the best thing about the um, the British office. I think the, the Tim and Gareth relationship is far more interesting than the Dwight and... Uh, I can't remember the... Is he called Tim in the American office? He's uh, not, is Andy. he? Oh, no, not Andy. Andy, yeah. yeah. You're right, uh, Andy, isn't it? Uh... <clears throat> I forgot. His I name. thought it was Andy. Yeah. Whoever it is, the tall, the tall, handsome chap. Jim, I just think Jim, that, that Jim. doesn't. Jim, there you go. I don't think that one works as well as as Tim and Gareth does. Tim and Gareth is beautiful and brilliant. Mm. It's really yeah, amazing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mackenzie, well, I, I, I agree with some of that. Um, have either of you watched um, any of the Detectorists, the Mackenzie Crook one? No. No. Uh, so this is a BBC one. I haven't watched it either. My family have, <laughs> and they keep Thanks banging on about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so none of us have watched that. Um, but I think the point that we've all learned, the real winner here is Ricky who emailed us and started this debate so thanks Ricky well we've not even done this week's chart so this week's chart as provided by our chart department Ben is the algorithm department sorry um, of course this chart is compiled it's the only as far as we know chart that is compiled by both legal and illegal downloads depending on which country you're in a lot like the affair it depends on your perspective uh, at number 10 Homeland Doing well. Number nine, Better Call Saul. So why is Better Call wow. Saul up there? What's going on? It, maybe uh, maybe it's because the the, new, the trailer for season two's come out and it's started to build up a bit of enthusiasm for for season mm. two coming out next year. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder how much of a push there are when when there's talk of a second series. You know what sort of a, a push there is for people uh, who go. Oh, I haven't watched the first one yet, and everyone's gone on about it. And, and then yeah. catch up. Number eight, Vampire Diaries. Anybody watched that? 
No. No. Uh, Descendants? No. 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 That's not a spin-off of the terrible George Clooney movie, is it? Well, I I wonder. I wonder. Whoa, hang on a minute, Mr. Cynical London face. The Descendants is a great film starring George Clooney. Oh, God. I loved it. (laughs) What a waste of time that film is. (laughs) What? What? It's so boring. (laughs) Have you ever been to Hawaii, Matt? No, and right. it didn't make me want to go. It's the first time I've seen Hawaii in a light that made me... I, I don't want to be there. It looks terribly dull. <laughs> Supergirl. Just try, is it number six? What, Jamie? Yeah. Just, just back to Descendants. I had no idea what it was. It turns out it's a, uh, it's a TV movie, uh, a, a sort of animated TV movie about a kingdom with the, a, the benevolent teenage son of King Adam. I don't know. It's, it's like a fantasy cartoon by the looks of it no anyway avoid that supergirl is at number six (laughs) i haven't watched episode two episode one was uh, just mind-blowingly uh thin on the ground just bizarre um vikings is at five bing big bang theory is at number four downton is down at number three despite having its final episode um Ooh. and game of thrones is at two and walking dead is at one game of thrones of and walking dead the two things we've talked about the last couple of weeks matt joined us talking about walk of the walking dead he missed last week's um well wait, he didn't miss it i mean he's not a permanent fixture we're not paying him but <laughs> um he, he he wasn't present on the game of thrones debate last week and matt emailed Furious. No, he didn't. He couldn't even describe why he was furious. He just knew he was <laughs> furious. Um, Matt, I'll give you one and a half minutes to give us your opinions on what was said <laughs> last week. On your marks, get set, go. It wasn't that I was furious. It was just that um, there were certain points where I dis where I disagreed, and I, and I can't remember what they were now. But basically, <laughs> I, I I watched. I watched four and a bit series of Game of Thrones and um, the moment where I stopped watching it was The Eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, and I it, it wasn't even that that was just like so disgusting that that made me turn off. It just at that point I was like, what's the point now? Mm. What's going on? Just, you know, I, I, and I, I, I should say as well, I've read the books and I just I couldn't justify watching the story anymore because it gets really mired and boring i think and i've I've, i was fed up with the acting and the books um, get boring sorry to interrupt the books get terribly dull Mm. and uh i mean the the series in fact it's one of the better book adaptations i've ever seen because it's done a really good job of filleting out a lot of really dull writing um but i just 30 seconds to tell us what was the most annoying point made last week Oh, God, I wish I could remember. <laughs> oh, um, oh, damn it. You, you said someone was You said someone was really good that wasn't. Because my, my problem is that everyone seems to really like the acting in Game Peter of Thrones. Peter Dinklage. Whereas I think, by and large, it's terrible. No, t- oh, uh, Peter Dinklage is, is very good in it. Oh, yeah, we said, we said it's all good, good acting. Oh, what? Cersei's brilliant. Oh, no, man, she's not. She's freaking terrible. Cynical. That's one minute thirty. She can't do Thank anything. You for your opinions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, do you know what? I... Um, felt the same way at the same point that you did the difference between us is that i haven't read the bloody books and there's me watching it going look 
I know every trick they're pulling here to stretch out this soap opera, but I know there's some books, which means that at least I can trust that it's going somewhere. And now, yes. someone who's read the freaking books has said to me, where it's going is dull. So what's the point? I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't want to deter anyone from watching it because ultimately, I was enjoying it for quite a while, <laughs> but it's just that I don't know. He, he's he's really quite a poor writer, George R. R. Martin, and you you, you touched on um, he he is his his, his writing is really the, the reason the books are so liked is because they're so bloody easy to read. You can just churn through them because most of it's just. It's just connector words. He's got so little. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like reading a really epic kids book. Now look, um, there are points here bigger than we can deal with right now. But you, you're no, talking sorry. about what def, what defines what defines good is popular good, or is you know, you, know I, I reckon... you have just said that George R. R. Martin is a terrible writer. Now. In the case of Fifty Shades of Grey, I have to agree, and maybe this is the same case. I don't know. No, you you guys made a very good point last week, which is um, which is what I think about the books is that the the achievement should be recognised in in terms of the uh, the world he's, he's created mm-hmm. because that is brilliant, like yeah. the the sheer level of detail and history and. Um, uh, like the, the, you really feel like you know uh, Westeros, and mm. um, and, and it's it's incredibly grand and sweeping, and that's that's amazing. He's done a really really good job in that sense. But when when you read the books, they are twenty percent lists of what people are eating. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not joking. I got I got to the point where I would skip if I if I realized someone was about to have a meal, I would skip forward a couple of pages. Because you just have to listen to him list all the stuff that's on the table. <laughs> really, <laughs> it's, uh, it's unbearable. Um, but no, I I mean, there will be some know. cool stuff happening with, uh, like, with uh, Arya's got a cool storyline coming up now. Oh right, okay. Um, but uh, other than that, it's really boring. There's so much dull political nonsense over in the uh, the desert bit with. Um, uh, Daenerys. Oh, I quite like that. Uh, well, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think, Matt, you're just a simpleton and you can't understand I'll, I'll be the it. first to admit that. <laughs> Let's under- talk about football. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good point. <laughs> no, I, well, I'm glad that we got your opinions on that. It was a shame to not have them last week. Um, so, so we, we're going to get Mel on. Um, she is currently... I'll tell you the conversation with Mel so far. Um, She is waiting for... Her computer has decided to do some Windows updates. Just never have a Windows computer. Just use Macs. Uh, Poor thing, she's got a Windows PC. Yeah, and she lives in Texas. And, um, yeah, and so she's she's waiting. She's on 13 of 13 things that have to be updated for her to actually connect with us. Uh, I've just emailed offering to actually call her. I don't know how long my Skype credit will last, but we could call her actual mobile. I'll tell you what we Do don't that. need from Mel, though. Um, a bit of feedback on the last couple of weeks in our new courtroom setup is this. Um, well, one thing we're missing is a little brief description of what the actual thing is that we're talking about. You know, for someone who's never watched it, none of us have actually done a little blurb setting up the world of of Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. And that person should be the person who's just watched the first episode, I think, so they're not giving away too much. So, Matt, can you give us 
a non-opinionated, um, uh, just a, a little a little synopsis, little blurb of Chuck for anybody who hasn't seen the first episode. What is the premise? Okay, so uh, Chuck is. Uh a sort of 20-something, fairly nerdy uh, American... Uh, he's from Los Angeles, uh, and he works at a, uh, a sort of generic, large um, uh, electrical appliance store, sort of solving problems with people's computers and cam camcorders and that sort of thing. Um, he is socially awkward, uh, and we first meet him at his own birthday party, which his sister has thrown for him uh, in order to try and hook him up with a woman. Uh, and uh, he, he struggles, fails, and you see his life. You know, he's this kind of nerdy guy who doesn't have an awful lot going for him. He's sort of just uh, pootling along, working at a dead-end job, um, and then suddenly uh, excitement ignites in his, in his world when his ex-university buddy, who actually turned out to be working for the CIA, hacks into, um, goes rogue, hacks into a secret government computer that contains all of the most top secret information from the last 50 years and somehow emails that to Chuck and tr downloads it into his brain. Uh, cue a massive sort of governmental institution, NSA versus CIA, fight for the information and to protect the information from, you know, all the bad terrorists and, and those those jackasses. <laughs> Very good. You've made me want to mm. watch it. Please welcome back to the box set pod now, Mel from Chuck.tv. Mel, how beautiful to have you back with us. Why, thank you. It's lovely to be back. How's, where do you live? Texas. Kansas. 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 Uh -huh. How... A little bit north of Texas. Yeah. What's going on in Kansas? It's a gorgeous day. We just celebrated Veterans Day yesterday. Oh. Um, I live in the founding city of Veterans Day, so it's a big deal here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and your dad, your dad does, he like arranges the whole thing or something, doesn't he? My dad's very involved. He was in Vietnam, and wow. my grandfather fought in World War II, and so our family is very involved. I actually drove in the parade yesterday, drove a 92-year-old veteran Ooh. down the street very, very, very slowly in a convertible. <laughs> so, Wow. That's some, that's some prized goods you've got to look after there. And I know, yeah. <laughs> wow, Mel, when are you signing up and going to war? Ah, uh, they won't take me, alas. Aww. Same reason I can't be an astronaut. I'm I'm deaf in one ear, so. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. And, and would you have done it? Would you? Do you think you'd be a military gal if if not for the ear? I would probably because I think that's the easiest way to get into the astronaut program, wow. the space program here in the, in the states. And I have always wanted to be an astronaut. I was. It was a very very sad day when I learned that I would not be eligible because of the hearing loss. So. Wow. Yep, I would, I would have. Yep. Well, that's all we've got time for today, everyone. Thank you, Mel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, what a story. That's amazing. And um, and presumably now, because of Yvonne Strahovski, you are also a super fan of Astronauts Wives Club. Of course. Of course. I had read the book, and the show was fantastic. Um, that's an era in history that I have studied extensively and have always been slightly sad that I wasn't alive during that time. But, um, yeah, Yvonne did a fantastic job on that. I haven't I seen thought. it. I haven't seen it. Has anybody watched that yet? No. No, sorry. There we go. There we go. Well, there's another one we need to do. 
So, yes. Okay, Mel. It's short. I'm warning you now, things can get brutal in the court of the box set pod, okay? <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's let's go. Let's go over to Matt. Matt, give us your feelings of the first episode of Chuck. Well, unfortunately, my feelings aren't particularly strong either way. Oh. I'd sort of, I, I'd been aware of Chuck and, I, uh, and I'd kind of not bothered to watch it um, because I don't, I don't have as much time as I used to to watch uh, TV shows and um, so I have to kind of pick and choose. Mm. And I actually, I, I don't know if this is cheating, but I watched the first two episodes. Oh. Um, mm. which, which I suppose is a, is a positive sign. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know. Uh, I can imagine myself continuing with it, but I don't know whether I will because where I am at the moment is like, how are they going to keep spinning this out? Oh, oh, they do, <laughs> and, and and for like three hundred episodes a series as well. Well, that's I, I looked it up and I was like, oh my god, there's five series of this. <laughs> how have they done that? And uh, and it's it, it's kind of. I mean, it's a, it's a really weird one in terms of like um, how it handles the the kind of government aspects of Science. it. Like there's this, this yeah. they, well, well, they just pit the CIA and the NSA against each other, like like two kind of kids squabbling in a playground. And I don't know whether that has any basis in fact. But um, let's go to Mel, it, who can talk on behalf of both <laughs> of those organisations, Mel. Yes, I, I am an official spokesperson for both the mm -hmm. NSA and the CIA, and I can say without a doubt that it often resembles a playground. There you go. There um, you go. Yes, there's there's a lot of posturing and bickering and reluctant working together. Um, so I I think it's interesting to hear the perspective of someone who's not from the U.S. on that aspect in particular, because over here that was not even an issue. Like nobody even blinked. Really. Really? Yeah. It wasn't that they didn't like each other. It was the fact that the NSA was so willing to just kill CIA people, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I to don't know. That just struck me as yeah. <laughs> to protect. Right. Well, no, it, it didn't even matter. There wasn't the guy, the, the main uh, NSA guy. I can't think of his name now. Casey. Yeah. Casey. Uh, he was just like I think he said at the beginning of the first episode, another dead CIA agent. CIA agent, which is fine by me. And it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't realize there was such a level of infighting where they actually attack each other. Well, I think also though, Matt, you you're not into the humor yet. And you're not into that character right. yet. I think Mel will agree. If you, it's it's really nice to hear someone who doesn't know it that well. But um, Casey, the character, is supposed to be as kind of uber, uber right wing as you could go, I suppose, isn't he, Mel? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. You'll see later on uh, when we finally get to see the interior of Casey's apartment. He has a little shrine built for President Reagan. <laughs> Okay. So and it and it's played for laughs. It is played for laughs, but that is his character. He is he is quite right wing and um you know very oh gosh just so very takes himself so very seriously. Um and loves guns. At the end of the loves first, guns and killing yes, people. Yes, loves guns. Oh, you'll see that too. There's he's named his gun, <laughs> and um, there's a little semi pornographic 
moment later later in the first the first series where Ooh. you see just how much he how how loving he is um, <laughs> with his guns. So um, there's wow. yeah there's there's uh, there's some humor being being uh, to come. Now can I, yeah can I just take the conversation we've just had and use that as an example for why I think if you boil that down that is why I think everyone should stick with Chuck because you're right how on earth can they spin this out well in a way they don't need to because that isn't what they're spinning out the setup is the setup that is the situation comedy of it what what will spin out and what will be explored is the other characters that's the, that's the point of chuck i think exactly yeah. it it is that and that's one of the reasons it was so difficult to market and advertise the show here is because us audiences at that point were more used to the procedural and it being about you know the case of the week and less about the characters and the character development and chuck was about character development mm. so that's that's you know that's what you're going to remember once you finish watching every episode you're going to remember the characters more than the plot, I think. Jamie, we've talked before about, um, and and this is an unusual setup, Mel, because Jamie still hasn't watched more than one episode of Chuck. I cannot believe <laughs> that last time I was on, I did not convince you to continue. In like I have failed. Nine months or something. Very persuasive, Mel. Well done. <laughs> Failed the city. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, Jamie, we've talked about Mad Men, and you you believe that people will, you know, Mad Men will sort of gather traction the further we get from it. I think you've said that in the past, haven't you? That looking back, Mad Men will yeah. become more and more popular. And that's, Sounds like something, yeah. Mad Men is a similar thing in that sense, isn't it? It's not about what happens every week. It's about character exploration. And maybe that's why Chuck has got this... Uh, there seem to be more and more followers all the time and people like me coming to it 10 years late and people like Mel who actively helped save it and bring it back when they when they tried to kill it off when the studio killed it off it was Mel and her fans that Mel's fans uh, Mel's collection <laughs> of fans who managed to yeah. bring it back and and it's because of that I think and I think Chuck will snowball but it is so hard, Mel. It's so hard to persuade somebody why they should stick with it. Jamie, have you got anything to bring to the party in terms of why you haven't watched more than one episode in six months? Well, it's interesting what Matt said, because uh, when you asked Matt what he thought of it, what his opinion was after one episode, Matt immediately said, I don't really have an opinion yet. Mm. And I think that's the problem with the first the start of Chuck anyway. It might get great. But it like initially it just feels like a generic American TV show, you know, just a very standard sort of quite funny in places, but lo slightly low budget, but a prime, but something you'd find on like a CBS or ABC, and just a generic kind of show, and it doesn't really elicit a feeling or a response or an, or much of an opinion. That's why I yes. didn't feel like compelled to carry on watching it. What yeah, I feel a little bit like I did after the start of Marvel's Agents of Shield. Mm. Yes, yes, that is it's, a very it's that good. kind of thing. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, <laughs> there's not there's not much that I didn't like about it because I, I actually thought some of the jokes were quite nice. I liked the character of Morgan, but um, it felt it felt like it borrowed very heavily from Forty Year Old Virgin. 
in terms of that setup. Hmm. Um, and that's, that's just because Matt hasn't seen the inside of an American hardware store other than in forty-year-old Virgin and Chalk. That's probably true. Um, but uh, <laughs> the, the the one thing I didn't like about it. Uh, and this is quite a sort of moral high ground position to take, mm. is how, uh, is it Yvonne Strahovski? Strahovski. Is that you. Strahovski? Yeah. Is um, used in the first couple of episodes, certainly, there's an awful lot of um, uh, semi-nudity action. Oh, well, it's disgraceful. Yeah. Mel, Mel, let's go <laughs> Let's go to Mel about the use of Yvonne Strahovski's exquisite female form <laughs> in Chuck. I actually want to go back to the comment about it being... A generic Reading kind American. of like a generic show. Yeah, because yeah, because how do you feel about the word American that... being used as a derogatory term, Mel? Oh, I'm used to it. I'm from here. Uh, um, it's... And I don't always disagree, so... Uh, no, it's it's interesting that you say that because when it premiered in 2007, it was such a unique show. Oh, it was okay. not like anything that was on TV at the time. And it's, in, you know, here we are eight years later and the television landscape has changed so much. I, I would put forth to the court that Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. possibly could not exist without Chuck as a precursor. Wow. So tell us what was the what was the landscape then? then? How was it so different? Oh, it was incredibly generic. Like I said, it was almost all procedurals. We just didn't do. I mean, some of the some of the cable. Um, it, it, uh, Chuck aired on NBC, which is a one of the big big at the time big four networks, yeah. and so it was. You know, it did have to be tailored to a freeview audience versus a pay. You know, when you pay for cable or premium channels. So, but this was pre Game of Thrones. This is pre Walking Dead. Um, I think Mad Men was just starting mm. or, had, mm. you know, but no, I think Mad Men had already begun because it didn't launch in yeah. 2005, six. Okay. So, but it was, you know, when Mad Men launched, it was this huge deal because again, it was this character driven show. Mm. And then here comes Chuck and it's trying, it's also this character driven show, but it's on a main major network. Um, it's, it's first season ratings versus Mad Men's were light years apart because Mad Men was on a pay cable channel. And Chuck was on a freebie channel. So right. um, it had, it just by default had a larger potential audience. Mm. So it was, um, but yeah, it was, um, we're talking, I think there were like four CSIs on at the time. Um, <laughs> you know, there were three or four law and orders. This mm. was not a character driven environment like it is today. I, th um, I think so I think what Matt and Jamie are referring to as well, though, is that it has a look which is different from the way things are shot in Britain, because um, because Britain looks very different from America, <laughs> partly because does of that. it now? Gosh, I did not know. <laughs> um, but the, there is a um, there's a there's a feel to the, the there's a sheen to it that could mm -hmm. pass oh, in yeah. our in our eyes. It could be Saved by the Bell, or <laughs> you know what I mean. There's kind it's of it's a, a very it's a very glossily produced, especially the pilot that was um, directed by McGee, who, you know, of course, did the oh, instant yeah. classic. Charlie's Angels. Angels. Yeah. <laughs> so we're coming from that. You know, they're going for a very action um, pop mm. look and feel. Yeah. Um, it does. It, as the series progress, it does become darker. Um, but, uh, you know, at darker. the time, it did 
not a, I mean, as far as the look of it, though, it does. Yes. It yeah. does. Yeah, if we right. kind of move out of the buy more spoiler, spoiler yeah, alert, yeah. Alert, you know, it's yeah, yeah, not quite bit. as important. Yeah. Um, so it does become a little darker and a little more monochromatic. But again, at the time, we're talking solving crimes in the dark on every channel. Yeah. is what was going yeah. on. So here we have this yeah, bright that, and point. very glossily produced show. So, but again, that was eight years ago and you're coming at it from the perspective of a world where we do have these very character driven shows and that's kind of the norm. Yeah. So I get what, what you're I saying. Think... It's just gone. Sorry. It's interesting to hear that perspective. Um, mm. as, as sorry, did I just derail? I just derailed everything by with interjecting. Sorry. No, what I was going to say yeah. is that um, I think that there were other um, cable series out at the time shows like um 30 rock and community which mm -hmm. don't go to the 45 hour thing and they don't have quite the high concept feel but they do the comedy better i think yeah and the well, and comments. the character development uh better as well mm -hmm. oh no, sorry uh, actually, that's, actually very, that's very unfair to say after two episodes actually it's very no unfair. no no, no. <laughs> hey don't no, start being valid. polite in the court mel what were you going to say back to that uh, community actually started after Chuck, and I think 30 Rock premiered the same year or the year after. Is it really? So Gosh, they're, my, they're my time frame is out. Yeah. Yeah, they're contemporaries, but they're not. Um, I think Chuck did come first. Yeah. But you know, but that's again, that's that's a historical perspective versus a contemporary perspective. So, um, but, but I also just, think just something interesting to note. I also think we're comparing apples and pears slightly with those that's things true. because sorry because the Chuck. If you ignore all of the comic book things that we've we've had, if you think in, instead in terms of um, a, a, a classic comedy, so classic comedy characters where you've got. Mm -hmm. Um, in in a comic book sense, and I want to bring this back to the comment about Yvonne Strahovski because Matt's mm -hmm. right. From one from a feminist perspective, you could look at this and say the two main female characters. One is the a housewife character who's kept in the dark for the majority of it, and the other is the sexy CIA lady, and uh, she has to have her tits and ass out on every possible opportunity. But that's kind of the comic book world we're in in the same way that Casey will be the gun nut and Chuck will be the uh, non-achiever and you know all of that but but Mel did have you have you heard uh, similar feminist comments made before about Chuck um uh, first of all I think that while those just character descriptions are somewhat accurate as far as the beginning of the series they're not by the end of the series no, so I, I just want to put yeah. that out there yeah um and when I and I'm using series in the American term as in the entire run yeah um yeah. not no not I agree season. yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah just just making that clear for our, our listeners yeah. um but you know I it, it was interesting during the time the show was on, there were the occasional grumblings about um, Yvonne having to wear these, you know, being scantily clad and having, I mean, if you, if you think this is Matt, if you think you've seen something yet, you have not, let me no. just say that. Wait for the cat um, suits. <laughs> yes. Well, in the bikinis and Ooh, yeah, where, where you, you ain't seen nothing yet. Um, <laughs> but again, this was primetime network television, so it doesn't go, we're not talking game of Thrones levels here, no. but it was interesting because there would be occasional comments about how, that was disrespectful and why did she let them do that? Why were they forcing Yvonne? Why were they forcing, you know, why was she letting them force her to wear these costumes? And she has said 
she doesn't care. She has no no problem with it. Um, and, no, I know. I'm and, sure that's true. But so I yeah, know. she's she's Sun. from Australia. She's not. She's not. <laughs> she's a dirty, you know, nudity doesn't bother her. Australian. Yeah, no. She just <laughs> she has just said you know nudity doesn't bother me, and she's was rather confused about why fans were complaining. But it was also interesting to note that every single one of those comments came from male fans. Mm. Mm. I never once heard it from a female fan. Mm, Matthew. And, and, and as a female viewer, I was never bothered by it. No, because it I... always seemed contextual. And her, her character is such a strong and yet complicated and fairly well Did developed. Did you say it always uh, seemed contextual? <laughs> it, it did seem contextual. Yeah, um, in the world whether, of Chuck, it is. Whether it was, if she's working yes, in a in sausage shop and she has to... Yeah, and she's bending over and flashing yeah. her skirt while she's fighting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But the thing is that it's done with a wink and a nod yeah. like Sarah's in on it. Totally. She knows. She knows what she's doing, and it's a weapon in her arsenal. Think of it and like that's... this, Matt. Have, uh, uh, Mel, have you ever seen a low, a low? No. <laughs> of course. Should I? No. Well, no. yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's the best farce ever put on TV. But it's the, it's that kind of world. It's a farce world, and it's um, this female character is uh, in the position of power. The same thing happened on my couch. That if there was a problem with the outfits, um, it was me going, "Oh, that's a bit embarrassing that she's been made to." This is a bit blatant, but it is totally like Mel said. It's totally knowing that that's what they're doing. And I think the mm-hmm. more the more you realise that this is an ensemble of people having an amazing time who would have made mm-hmm. this series to the day they died if they could. Like they just enjoy making the series so much, then it begins to kind of make sense. And and my wife never had a problem with uh, her outfits. She was. Cause... I mean, for, my my point is, it's not about whether someone has a problem. It's just like, why does it why does it need to be there? What does it do mm. that uh, that is we it... can't? Because because the scene that I'm referring to, which is in the I think it's the first episode, is when they're both. It's like a montage cut together of them both getting ready for this date that they're going on. Yeah. And you see Chuck just kind of just you know, picking out a shirt or something. Yeah, and yeah. she is in uh, hot <laughs> pants and a bra, basically. It's so blatant. Strapping weapons to her body. Yeah, the, and it's so blatant. Mel, I, I have to say, I've just remembered a lot of changing scenes and you get so much of Yvonne Shrovsky in her pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you do, and, like, and you, we, we were often, we were not often rewarded with Zachary Levi shirtless. No, we, we had no. that occasionally, but not very often. But well, going back to that, can, that getting ready montage... Which is, again, I mean, it's a classic trope to use. That's redundant. But anyway, um, that montage is classic. But if you think about it, what what is Sarah doing in that scene? She's preparing for battle. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing her prepare her body for battle. She's a weapon. Her entire body is a weapon. Yes, she's strapping weapons to herself, but she's also consciously – she knows that she can – and she's told – um, her superior, this already, I can get what I need from this guy because he is infatuated with me because of how I look. And I'm going to use that. And that's our first example of, oh, she's well aware yeah, of that, what she's doing. That is kind of, even at this point, Matt, that is kind of the point, isn't it? That the way we will keep this guy in line is by him falling in love with me. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. 
And I, I mean, and I so can she's... only assume that that blossoms into a real romance. But uh, who you know, the I don't know. hell knows, Matthew? <laughs> who the hell can we possibly will say? Not comment on that speculation. I think it just because but it, it conforms to a growing trend in in American TV shows, which is to have hot women fall in love with nerds. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's been going on since the mid '90s. So that's I been mean... going on since Ghostbusters, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been going on since men were writing any sort of fiction whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, since the writing. But isn't that doesn't that sort of bother you a little bit that it's just uh, this thing that a man can uh, get a beautiful woman regardless of who he is, but a woman has to be beautiful to to find no, a place. No, because that's not that's not it for Sarah. It's a business. It's a it's a job. It's a professional. Um, thing where in the beginning and then the more she comes to know Chuck that's when she falls for him yes but doesn't it imply that she couldn't do that job if she wasn't beautiful she wouldn't uh, she poss- might not have been possibly. chosen for it yeah possibly mm-hmm. not this mission that, that could yeah. well be they would the have case. picked someone else yeah but that's Maybe I mean Melissa that's again and the oh, thing, I think she's gorgeous. But the thing is, this 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 is probably true in the spy world, isn't it, Jamie? When you were oh, in no. MI6, they picked you <laughs> for the missions that for the best looking people, didn't they, Jamie? Yeah, he's gone to bed. Oh, I, I'm afraid he's not. No, no you're probably you. right actually. Because have you ever seen that film um, Spy Game? Spy Game, mm-hmm. yeah. With a you know, that where, where Brad Pitt is recruited because of uh, partly because of how he looks, I think they mentioned that in the yeah, in the yeah. film. You need to be charming and you need to be able to disarm people physically, with um with your with your physical attributes. And I will mm-hmm. say this. So I think there's a grain of truth in that, definitely. Yeah, well, I I do think that's kind of the point. And whilst Chuck never reaches uh, you know Tolstoy levels of depth. It, it it does actually um, it it does kind of wander around this world and the ethical world of spying and things like that. It gets into all all of this somewhat uh, as the seasons go on, and um, and I think that's what attracted a lot of people to it because it do, it is so much it has so much more depth than it first appears, and yet it always mm-hmm. remains to appear about as deep as it does at the moment. It's weird, like Timothy Dalton's in it, Matt. Timothy Dalton's in it. No freaking way. Freaking way. Well, that's guaranteed. <laughs> Linda, that, 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 that's Hamilton. me in then. Yeah. Yeah. Linda yeah. Hamilton's in it. And they have significant oh, man, I roles. Love Linda Hamilton. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, there's one person in it that I really want to tell you. Shall we? Go on, do it. I don't care about what spoilers. What do you think, Mel? It's. It's been long enough now. I mean, right, no, right. Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula is yeah. in it. Yeah. Oh. It is back in there's so many good people in it who were drawn to it because they realised, I think, the the point, if you like. And it, it is hard to say. Jamie, we lost you for a while there. Yeah, signal went. Um, I'm not going to lie as well. I've got to go to bed quite soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie, you went to yeah. bed. Yeah, what um, is it, 8.30 there? Gosh. Yeah. I'm, I'm, wor- so I'm working full time now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not easy, this normal life. So let's playing my tiny violin for you. <laughs> so look, we need to get Matt and Jamie to the, to four episodes. We need to get you to the four. Matt hasn't got far to go. Jamie's averaging one episode a year for the last year. <laughs> um, Come on, you guys have to at least get to Wookie, because Chuck what? versus the Wookie. I mean, what, what episode you, is you, that? You get you get Yvonne in the, the Princess Leia bikini. Yes. 
Can I entice you with that? Can I be? <laughs> Not <yeah>. Matt. <laughs> no, um, no, Matt doesn't care. Hey, no, hey, look, uh, I enjoyed seeing her in those uh, in, in those clothes, yeah, but yeah, you uh, just wanted to uh-huh. protect her. <laughs> I just, I'm just holding you know, that I'm out to, carrot for, to get you for, for the sisterhood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How about what, epi- what episode is that? It's called Chuck versus the Wookiee. No, but what what it's number? Numbers, it's number four, isn't it? What have oh, you guys watched? Oh, great. Matt's watched Pilot Helicopter, and then it's Tango, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's Wookiee. It's the Halloween episode. Okay. Oh, Knowledge. Well, look, Jamie, yeah. don't go straight to number cool, four. Cool, I, yeah, I think I'll get there. I didn't live with this show for five years or anything. Okay, Matt's going to get there. Jamie's going to... Uh, I don't know what Jamie's going to do. But please do it, Jamie. He's going to jump ahead. He's going to yeah. jump ahead to episode four. I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to do the next three episodes. I'm going to come back. Me and Matt are going to give our definitive opinion. Okay, I've got a suggestion. This time next week, Mel should be the one watching the first episode of something. Um, Mel, what haven't you watched that everybody tells you to watch? There's there's a list. Um, Sopranos, <gasps> Super. Death, oh my god! Right, start. Don't you don't even need to go any further. Okay, <laughs> next week. Next week, Mel and the Sopranos unite for Mel, four episodes. A sec. Do you think in in seven days, Mel, you could watch the first episode of the Sopranos for us? I can give it my best shot. <laughs> how oh, can you Mel. make that sound? No, oh. no, but guys, listen to how difficult I this is for Matt. I, violence. I'm not. I'm not good with violence, and I know there's a lot of violence in this in this show. So, do you watch The Walking Dead, Mel? No, no, no. We've dealt with that. Yeah, there's no violence in that. Well, there's nowhere near as much violence in The Sopranos, and okay. there's plenty of violence in Chuck, but I suppose it's a bit more comic book, isn't it? It's um, yeah, yeah nothing it's, funny it's, about the soprano violence. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, Mel, we think you can do it. Now, listen, guys, <laughs> listen to how difficult this is for Mel. Listen to the sacrifice she's making. And these aren't short episodes either. So you have got one week to what, to get up to episode four of Chuck. Can you do Consider it? Consider it done. Okay. Matt? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Yeah, right. all over it. We'll regroup next week. Um, Mel, we won't accept any excuses about your computer updating <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> this better be the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. That was good fun. And uh, and seriously, I, I there's lots of things that I recommend that people watch, and there's nothing that I've wanted more in my life than to be able to talk about Chuck with my friends and nobody will freaking watch it. <laughs> so please get on with it. It's so good. I, do you know what? Yes, it's thin on the ground sometimes, but I cried, I laughed, I cried again, and it's one of the best endings I've ever seen of any TV series. So get on it. Amen. Amen, sister. Take care, Mel. Take care, Matt. Thank you, and we'll speak to you next week. Thank you all. Have a good one. Bye. Email us. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.